Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for checking out another episode of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. We uh, we apologize for a delay. It has been a, a rough week in the TFA household in terms of uh, trying to get content to you guys. Had a bunch of technical difficulties, and it's just been a. Uh, to be honest, it's been a it's been a shit week in the in the TFA content creation department. But better late than never. We are here back with you guys again tonight. We're going to be talking about our top six undervalued fantasy targets. Uh, you know, we're both going to give you three each that we feel are being undervalued in drafts currently. Before we jump into that, uh, whatever you guys are listening on, watching on, however you're consuming this content, if you're not yet subscribed, please stop what you're doing, hit that subscribe button. It really means a lot to us. We, uh, we appreciate all the support. And uh, with that out of the way, Kev, let's just jump into it, man. Uh, give me your what your first one for who you believe is undervalued at this point in uh, in fantasy drafts, and we are basing this off of fantasy football calculator ADP. Yeah, well, first off, I just want to uh, the sentiment of how bad this week has been has been a fucking nightmare, is what it's been. One thing after another. This is actually the third time third day this week that we've actually produced content and the other two days we've had to throw it away or get rid of it or, or wash our hands of it. Like it's been horrible. Hopefully Thursday is better. This weekend is, is finally a weekend, but anyways, I digress. My first one is Deontay Johnson. Uh, I am a Deontay Johnson uh, truther. Uh, we've talked about this uh, pretty much all off season. I haven't really gotten into him because I felt like, uh, especially early in the off season, I got really into it, but let's, let's circle back to Deontay Johnson, right? Like his ADP started to rise a little bit as a little bit of hype came, but overall, like he's kind of uh, stabilized around wide receiver forty-two. I you know you look at him and in this offense, um, basically it's it's Juju Smith-Schuster. They they still have James Washington, which James Washington to me is more like a, a field stretcher, you know, ex wide receiver. Then they brought in Chase Claypool, who's again probably another outside threat. You you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who is going to man primarily the slot. I think he played 66% of the snaps last year from the slot. And then bring in Deontay Johnson, who I think Deontay Johnson has elite-level upside in him. Um, does he hit it this year? I don't know. But what I do know is last year with, with Delvin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, he was still able, able to produce. Uh, last year, he saw six or more targets in 10 of 16 games and also posted 50 or more receiving yards at 50% of his rookie season. 
Um, he scored all five of his touchdowns in different games and caught 50% or more of his um, of his targets. So in the lone game that he played with Roethlisberger, he also caught three passes for 25 yards on five targets. And the ass-kicking they took to New England. So for me, you know, he finished the year last year, 59 receptions on 92 targets, 680 yards, and five touchdowns. I think this year he could he could hit a thousand yards. Like I think this offense is one of the more undervalued offenses in all of football, and I, I think that people should like if you can get Deontay Johnson, I feel like you can get him easily as your like wide receiver four, wide receiver five, uh, depending on how your drafts play out. I'd love that. Like I think he has easy wide receiver three upside or wide receiver three floor, and I think wide receiver two upside is definitely in his range of outcomes. And honestly, wouldn't be shocked if he ended up as a wide receiver one, low end wide receiver one. That is if everything just goes right and this offense really takes off. Big Ben is the biggest question mark for this offense. They didn't bring anybody else in. Um, that is one of the big letdowns of this offseason that they didn't go out and try to add another quarterback, somebody not named Delvin Hodges or Mason Rudolph. So we're all hoping that Big Ben can stay healthy this year because if he can, I think it's wheels up for Deontay Johnson. So I absolutely love him where he's going. I think he's being undervalued, and I hope he continues because I'm going to have a lot of Deontay Johnson. Man, I feel unprepared for this podcast. I thought we were talking undervalued players. I didn't know we were doing hot takes tonight. Woo! Bringing, bringing some walk a flock of flames there, man. Hey, thousand uh, yards, wide receiver one. Hey, that's what that's, that's what we do here. That's what we do here. We, uh, you know, we reach down. You know, we can't say it because we don't want to use it too much. But uh, we that's what we do. We bring takes. We bring fire. So we did today on, on our YouTube, or our YouTube channel, our Twitter account. You know, just bringing heat, bringing heat all day to people, letting people know about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Go check out our FF underscore Authority. Just bringing heat all day. That's what we do here. We don't bring them flimsy takes that most most other people do, where everyone sits around and agrees the whole time and talks about, oh yeah, let, let's circle. Oh, never mind. Anyways, I, I was gonna go down a, uh, a dark hole there. <laughs> let's not do that. Let's not. Let's keep it positive tonight. Keep it positive. Maybe if we get positive, the podcast will will uh, will will work and everything will work out. So. Cody, who's your man? Yeah, just a quick uh, sidebar. We we definitely appreciate everyone who was jumping into that conversation with the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire tweet that we put out. Definitely had some disagreement, but it, it, it stayed civil, and that's that's how it should be. Stay civil with your disagreements. We can, you know, we don't have to sit around and agree on everything, but uh, it was definitely a, definitely a blasty blast out in the Twitter streets earlier. So. My first undervalued player for 2020, typically when I think of undervalued guys, I think of guys who are going like mid to late round, you know, under normal circumstances. I'm going to hit you guys with someone who's going in the top 48 picks, and that is Calvin Ridley. Uh, We've we've touched on him briefly just in passing. We both have him as a a wide receiver one in our rankings, which you can always check out at thefantasyauthority.com. But with Calvin Ridley, this is the the Chris Godwin corollary to last year, where just everything is lining up for him to completely smash. Uh, he's currently going at wide receiver 15, I believe, at 405. Again, according to Fantasy Football Calculator's uh, PPR ADP over the past three days. But you're looking at it. He has there's 200 targets available in this offense between the departures of Hooper, Sanu, and Devonta Freeman. The Falcons have been top three in pass rate in back-to-back years. And looking at Dirk Cutter's uh, track record, if you go back eight seasons with, with him, there are only two seasons where he's either been a head coach or an OC that he has had a passing rate under 60%. 
So we know the volume is going to be there. Even though they brought in Todd Gurley, there's still going to be questions with how effective that run game is going to be. Julio is going to get his. Calvin Ridley is primed for a massive year. Like I said, we both have him as wide receiver ones. And the fact that you can get him in the the early to mid-fourth, I'm surprised he's still going at that point. I thought he would have been a, a third-round pick by now with guys like Evan Silva talking him up, uh, some some other guys over at Roto World, just and you know, and us obviously as well. So Calvin Ridley, I still believe, is going undervalued. And it's gonna be that thing like we talked about last year with Chris Godwin. Everyone's talking about he's undervalued, undervalued, undervalued. He keeps climbing up, ends up going in like the the third round. Then we wonder is that is that too early for him? Ended up not being too early for Chris Godwin, and I believe uh, Calvin Ridley could follow a similar path. So, uh, Kev, I believe you have another wide receiver to talk about. So, why don't you hit us with our with your number two guy? Yeah, it's it's simple for me. It's it's Marvin Jones, right? Um, Love it. Listen, Marvin Jones should not be going this low as uh, compared to where he's going at. Um, he's going right around the ninth round. I think that's incredibly too low. I think he's a guy that probably should be going more in that seventh round range. Um, is an easy wide receiver three for me. Last year, he was actually a wide receiver two in fantasy points per game. Uh, played in 13 games last year. Had 14.9 fantasy points per game, which was 19th. Which was impressive considering that they basically had you know him and Kenny Galladay um, a little bit of Danny Amendola, but obviously he wasn't a huge part of the offense. But you look, I mean, they were still only 14th in pass plays per game. I think there's a much higher ceiling there than that because of the fact that Matt Stafford got knocked out early. Matt Stafford was absolutely shredding last year until he got going down with that back injury. So um, with, with Matt Stafford back, they didn't really do anything to address or upgrade their offense. So it's still the Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones show. Uh, they did. They well, I should say at least through the air. Uh, they, they obviously brought in DeAndre Swift, who's going to be battling it out with Carryon Johnson for that for that role. But um, T.J. Hawkinson is still there. So I really like uh, Marvin Jones. I think he's being criminally undervalued. Uh, he was ninth in red zone receptions last year, third in touchdowns with nine. Finished with 62 receptions, uh, 779 yards, and 684 um, completed air yards didn't offer much in yards after the catch with only 95 yards after the catch. But um, like I said, I, there's a lot to like here with him. Um, and I think that he is somebody that people really should be, should be targeting. Like, again, this is another one of those guys. If you can get him as like your wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Like he's definitely going to have a bunch of startable weeks this year uh, it, it, within this offense. Yes. He is getting a little bit older now. He just turned 30, but that doesn't really, that doesn't really worry me off of him too much. So like I said, I think Marvin Jones is an easy buy in fantasy football, especially at this ADP. And to be honest with you, if you're scared away a little bit of Kenny Galladay and his, his, his really high, um, uh, ADP right now, I mean, just wait and grab Marvin Jones, uh, what, about four or five rounds later in draft. So, yeah, this is another one for me. I'm really surprised he's still going this low. He definitely should be going higher, and I'm all about Mar- that Marvin Jones life. Yeah, that's definitely a uh, an offense I think we should all be targeting for fantasy football purposes. And the only one who's going early is Kenny Galladay. So, love the call on Marvin Jones. The next guy I'm going to bring up is Jarvis Landry. If so, admittedly, I didn't even realize this until I looked at it. Um, he was wide receiver 14 last year in PPR scoring from weeks one to 16. Like, that's that's something like I, I knew he had a better year than what the Cleveland offense 
kind of appeared to be like that was not a good offense last year right but whenever i saw that like i had to like double check and make sure like i had everything right in there wide receiver 14 last year he and odell beckham might have had the quietest thousand yard seasons in nfl history for a for a wide receiver tandem on the same team uh jarvis last year put up 83 for 1174 and six um last year wide receiver 12 in yards per route run with among uh among wide receivers with at least 90 targets yards per route run tends to be a, a more predictive and sticky stat in terms of looking at future fantasy production so that obviously works out well for him even with some of the changes that are coming down the tubes in cleveland still kind of up in the air as far as what's the fancy is going to do is he going to bring more 12 personnel like we saw in minnesota even if that is the case that's just going to concentrate those targets even more. It's going to be Odell and Jarvis. That wide receiver group is pretty thin outside of those two. Um, so that's that's a that's a case where both of those guys could easily be looking at 22 25% target share. And if you look at Sharp Football Statistics website, the Cleveland Browns also have the easiest schedule in terms of defensive pass efficiency with the teams they're going to face. Now, obviously, you have to take those kind of things with a grain of salt, especially this year of all years with all the craziness that's that's been going on and not being able to know what teams are going to gel, what ones are going to fall apart, and, and, and everything else with, with the COVID concerns. But again, I, I'm expecting a, a bounce-back year from, from Baker. It's going to be Jarvis and Odell. And the fact that he Jarvis, you can get Jarvis Landry right now. Again, think about this. Last year, wide receiver fourteen. He's going as wide receiver thirty-two right now at seven oh five, which is just mind-boggling. Like even if Jarvis had a, a wide receiver two season last year and didn't finish as wide receiver fourteen, like wide receiver thirty-two would still be absolutely ridiculous. But the fact that he had the year that he had. And he's going as a wide receiver three just makes no sense to me at all. If that's the case, and if his price stays this depressed, I'm going to have a lot of Jarvis Landry on my 2020 redraft teams, and I will be more than happy. Does he provide you with a, a massive ceiling? I don't think so, but he's going to be super steady. You're, you know what you're getting with him. It's not going to be a lot of surprises. And if we get the rookie year Baker Mayfield versus what we got last year, he's going to be completely fine. So Jarvis Landry is going to be my second guy. And, uh, and Kev, I believe you have a third wide receiver for, uh, for your undervalued guy. So why don't you hit us with that last one? Yeah. Well, real quickly, uh, just on Jarvis Landry, like, like, like you kind of mentioned, like he was very much just kind of very steady last year, right? He didn't have a lot of boom weeks. His two biggest weeks were he's, he did have 36.8 fantasy points against Miami where, you know, the revenge game. Revenge game, up, baby. Yeah, he had that 10 receptions for 148 yards and two touchdowns in that game against Miami. And then he had 24.7 against Buffalo where he had nine receptions for 97 yards and a touchdown. And then another week he had 24.7 or eight receptions for 167 yards. But other than that, I mean, he was 11.7, 11.5, 11.5, 17.0. .5. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 1, 14.3, 13.6, 11.6, 14.4, and 16.2. Like, he was just steady every week. He gave you that kind of steady production that... Um, you know, he didn't really ever kill you every, you know, most, the worst week he had looks like was week two where he went three for 32, you know? Um, so overall, you know, I, there is a lot to like with Jarvis Landry. He's still only 27 years old. I don't know why people are so un- down low on him every year. It just kind of seems like it's par for the course for him. And I just don't think people are overly excited about it. I don't think people see him having has you know, a large ceiling. And I think that's what depresses his value. But, I mean, he's a guy that you can get. If you get him as your wide receiver two or, or really your wide receiver three and you're, you're, you're thrilled about it, he's going to give you constant production every week. He's not going to be one of those guys where you're just not ever sure when you're going to play him and it's like a roller coaster. So, yeah, I, I like Jarvis Landry. I'm, I'm aboard with that one. So, um, for me, my last guy is Sterling Shepard. Now with him, I get I get the fact that there's a little bit of that concussion symptoms that that people are a little bit scared away from after he got hurt last year. But I mean, everything else last year he did play in ten games last year. But I mean, in terms of fantasy points per game, he averaged fourteen fantasy points per game. He was almost wide receiver two. That was twenty fifth. Um, eight and a half targets per game. Average fifty seven point six receiving yards. I mean, he was on pace last year to set career highs in receptions, yards. Um, and targets last year uh, before going down. Like he was really kind of like Daniel Jones and, you know, Eli Manning early part of the year, kind of security blanket. Um, I don't think there's any reason to believe that their, their pass plays are going to go down. Uh, they were seventh last year in 40.6 uh, passes per, per play or per game. I don't think that's going to change. Their defense is still really, really bad. I think Daniel Jones could take another step forward this year. Now, so some people, you know, could be a little concerned with him because of the fact that Evan Ingram is back. And if Evan Ingram stay healthy, and then you have um, Darius Slayton there, Golden Tate still there. But I honestly think that, I mean, at worst, Sterling Shepard is probably the number three target in this offense. You know, obviously, Saquon Barkley is obviously going to command a pretty heavy target share as well. But I think he can easily be the, you know, the number three target um, in this offense. And I think, you know, he's not a guy, again, that you're going to want as somebody like a building block or cornerstone piece of your of your team. But going, he's like going in like the 11th round, which is way too low. I, I think that, he, again, he should be more of along the lines of a guy going in eighth or ninth round so if he continues to go there like i'm again you know if you're looking for some depth some quality depth later on to fill around those high upside pieces that's where that we're going to be taking like a tony pollard's and the chase edmonds of the world you know and the running back positions and stuff like that you know or you know going jalen rager and you know mccall hardman those guys for all have really high ceilings but have really low floors you still want a couple of guys in the later rounds that might be able to fill in a little bit of um the positional versatility and the volatility that, that comes with some of these guys late, somebody that you may need during bye week. So Sterling Shepard in the 11th round is just super, just slam that, that button every time to draft him because I think he's going ridiculously too low. Yeah. And I think something gets kind of lost in the shuffle with him too, is like, he's, he's a good wide receiver. He's actually good at football. Uh, Tate, I, I, how much does he have left in the tank? Darius Slayton plays a, plays a specific role for that for that offense, and then you have someone else who's consistently banged up with Evan Ingram. So Sterling Shepard has been a guy who I've I've always liked, always enjoyed watching. It just with him, it's been been those like neck and concussion issues. So uh, hopefully he can he can stay healthy and provide Daniel Jones that that little security blanket, and you know he can he can definitely ball out this year. 
So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here for my last one. I'm going to going to switch it up, going to get crazy here. Going to hit you with a running back. Now I'm going with Tevin Coleman, who's coming off of the boards, uh, again, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, RB35, and he is actually going one pick behind Jarvis Landry, who I just talked about at 7.06. And for, for me with him is – one is that it's the the difference in price between he and Raheem Mostert. We know that it's going to be a split backfield in San Francisco. Who's going to be the the two that are rotating between? I think it's anyone's guess, but obviously Shanahan brought Tevin Coleman in from his time over with Atlanta, um, and I I think it's a, a situation where we're all falling victim to recency bias. Right, like the one of the last things we saw was how Raheem Mostert completely tore it up at the end of the year, and he had a he had a super sick run. Right, so from week twelve to week seventeen, he scored all but he had eight touchdowns on the year, and all but one of them came during that run. Uh, he had a game where he went nineteen for nineteen for one forty six and one, and that was against Baltimore. So I think this is just one of those cases where it's just been. That's basically what we've been seeing. It's just nothing but Raheem Mostert highlights. But if you go back to the beginning of the year and you look at it in terms of usage, Tevin Coleman was the one who was who was being treated as the starter. Um, during the regular season, Raheem Mostert only had one game of over 15 rush attempts. Uh, Tevin Coleman at the beginning of the year had a run where he had like 16, 20, and 18 over over uh, a three-game stretch. And then in the postseason, Tevin Coleman also had a game where he had, I think it was like 22 rushes in the their first playoff game. And Raheem Mostert had 12 and then followed that up with a 29 whenever Tevin Coleman ultimately got banged up again. But the, the other thing to, to keep in mind here is we really don't know how players and teams and coaching staffs react whenever – a player goes out in public and says that they want traded, right? That's obviously what we got with Raheem Mostert a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. They're, they're all blending together at this point. But he said he wants out because they, they were not willing to up his salary from where it was. Again, a 28-year-old guy that truthfully I don't think anyone really, A, knew, or B, really cared about in terms of, fantasy and even with within nfl circles then he pops off and hey go get paid do your thing man but that uh that takes some cojones to all of a sudden believe that you know you uh you're just you're just gonna gonna get paid because of your your stretch run at the end but anyway going in the seventh round with tevin coleman you're looking at somebody who can have the the one thing to that does hold him back a little bit in my eyes is the fact that like, I don't think we're getting 220 touches out of Tevin Coleman, even if Raheem Mostert's not in the picture, there's going to be another running back that comes in that splits the time, whether that's where they bring, I don't know, maybe Devonta Freeman, maybe they bring him in and get that tandem together again, whether it's Jermichael Hasty, Savon Ahmed, uh, maybe Jarek McKinnon. It's 2020. Things are crazy. Crazier things have happened. Maybe this is finally the Jarek McKinnon year that so many of us have been waiting for. But either way, like I said, RB35, and with with as much as running backs are just completely flying off the boards, the fact you can get a guy with 180 touch upside 
in the system that Shanahan has in place where running backs just go in and completely smash. I'm uh, I'm definitely interested in in his price and he's somebody who, you know, is your is your RB three, RB four, depending on how you're starting your drafts. I would not mind that whatsoever. Yeah, my only concern with him right now is that like I was much more of a fan when he was going like that ninth round range. Now that he's going in the seventh, he's starting to creep up. Most of that has to do with the fact of the Raheem Mostert trade, which is still just mind blowing to me. We talked about it last week on the show that somebody that has very little to no track record in this league. Yes, he gets to play in the Super Bowl. It was kind of a you know key cog in their Super Bowl run. I don't care. Like you're 28 years old. Like what are you doing, bro? I get it. You're trying to maximize your your you know your um, your short term, um, you know, getting that money in your pocket. And I'll never knock anybody for trying to do that. It's just, right. I mean, it is crazy to, to sit there and re- demand a trade. Like, bro, they could cut you and, and it would cost you nothing. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's not like you're like, you know, like you have the leverage here. You have zero leverage in this. And I think they did rework his contract a little bit and gave him a little bit more money. But I don't know. Like, the dude's been a journeyman. He's been cut like six times. I like it, and if Monster was going, or Monster was going around the seventh round, I would be, I, I would be much more interested in that. Like you, you could talk me into that about getting there because we saw the San Francisco offense, this this rushing offense, is, is you know was one of the best in the league last year in terms of efficiency on a week to week basis. It was just really hard to figure out who was it going to be each week because some weeks it would be Tevin Coleman. I mean, yeah. Jeff Wilson got opportunities last year on the goal line and stuff like that. It got, I mean, it's. Matt Burita got opportunities last year. Now people forget about him because now he's in Miami. You know, Jarek McKinnon's going to be back. So, again, like, I like Mostert. If he, if he was going later in drafts, I would probably have some interest in him. But, like, him going in the fourth round that he was going is completely ridiculous to me um, because I do think Tevin Coleman. Now, if Tevin Coleman, we, we figure out, okay, they're not going to move Mostert or anything like that, Tevin Coleman starts creeping back down, I would be much more inclined take a shot on him if he was going in like that ninth round range seventh round middle seventh i I think there's some wide receivers and stuff on the board there that i'd probably just rather have at that point yeah yeah i'd agree i I think this is just i think the other reason why he's getting pushed up too is just with how many running backs are just flying off draft boards you know i mean i I think that's pushing up guys who we would typically be looking at in that eight nine ten spot but the the guys who are going after him I, you know, you, you have def, you, you have questions about all those guys too, like Jordan Howard. Who knows what that's going to be? I, I I think Brita is the the running back to own in Miami, especially for fantasy purposes. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, we we both like him. You had your hot take a couple of weeks ago. He's going to end up as an RB one, but th- there is a there is a case to be made that maybe that ends up being a split backfield and Keyshawn doesn't take over. You have Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, Tariq Cohen. Alexander Madison, and then you just start getting into a bunch of you know handcuff kind of guys. But I think that's just more a a result of how running back hungry everybody is in these drafts because they see them flying off boards. You don't want to be the one to be left holding the bag. So that brings up other guys who, like we were just saying, should be going two, three, four rounds later, like Alexander Madison going at eight ten. Like, no, thank you. I'm not. I'm not interested in that at all. You know, especially with the the thought process of Dalvin Cook getting his contract extension and everything else. So, um, I, th- I think I think that's the product though of of that. I, I think that's uh, people drafting right now just, just with the thought process of of Dalvin Cook sitting out and missing time. 
Because I, I, I think if if he gets a contract extension or he comes out and says, no, I'm playing, I'm not going to sit out, his M- Madison would fall back down to like probably 11th, 12th round. Right around we're going, we're Pollard and, uh, you know, uh, Chase Edmonds are going and guys like that. I, I, I do agree. There probably are some some receivers going around in that area that I that I if I were on the clock, I'm probably going to be taking the receivers over. But in terms of, like I said, with how running back crazed everybody is, you know, it's like the in the Dave Dave Chappelle show with with Tyrone Biggums, you know, just sitting around scratching. Y'all got any more of those running backs? Like that's what this year is is panning out to be. It's just been it's been absolutely crazy. We've talked about it with the, the zero RB show and everything else with some of those draft strategy shows that we've done. You guys can definitely go back and check out. So drop us a comment. Let us know who you were targeting with your undervalued players. Like I said, what, whatever platform you're, you're on, please make sure to, to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, do all that stuff. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're, we're all over there, too. We're trying to put out some, some unique content across those platforms as well for you guys. So uh, we will definitely be back next week, hopefully, with zero technical difficulties and we can get you guys more than more than one episode and more than one piece of uh, audio and video content so until we see you guys next week thank you and we will see you later we hope you enjoyed your stay it's good to have you with us even if it's just for the day Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.